Thank you so much. Well, as we come together this morning, I'm going to be talking about preparation. How many people are prepared for what God's got for them today? Come with an open heart, right? Ready to see what God's got for us. And I was thinking about that this week, and, and I was thinking about, you know, the preparation. What is it that God has for us today? I believe God's always speaking to us. Amen? Always speaking to us. So what does God have for us today? What does God want to do in us today? What does God want to do through us today? So a lot of times we always think it's tomorrow or next week or whatever. But I tell you, the seeds, just like she talked about falling on fertile ground, as we take those seeds and, and God waters them with his word and we, we dig into what he has, God is doing a work in our hearts so that we can do a work in his harvest. Amen? Very good. Very good. Well, I want to keep on rolling with that same theme. And I said... You know, we need to be prepared, and, and I'm going to walk through this. If you got your handouts, you're probably looking at it and go, wow, buddy, that looks very uplifting. But I promise you, when we walk through this, it will be uplifting. And we need to be prepared. We need to be pre prepared in death. Amen? All right. We need to be prepared in, um, in, in life, right, for the living. And we need to be prepared um, for giving. And I'm going to talk about all those things. And today's scripture that we got speaks directly to that. And so I want to ask you a question. How many people set some goals for the new year? I bet you'll hit them. <laughs> I'll bet you'll hit them. No, we didn't. We didn't. We didn't set any. I read a story the other day, and it was talking about this guy that was a real good archer, bow and arrow guy. And he said this guy was in this particular uh, event. And, man, this guy was always practicing. He was always had his eye on the target and everything. And out of 286 times, the guy came in first 286 times. I was like, all right. And then the guy said, you know what? He was so focused on that. And he said, but I really think I could beat him. He says, I'm not really good at it. The guy that was telling the story said, but I believe I could beat him. If I put a blindfold on him and spun him around three or four times and had him shoot at it, I'm pretty sure I could beat him. And everybody said, well, I guess you can. And you know, when I ask that question, that's exactly what we hit, right? We're really, if we don't have a target, if we don't have our eye on something, if we don't have a goal, how do you know if you even hit it? You know what I mean? So we need to be diligent about those things that we want to achieve. Amen. All right. So and I'm not talking about, you know, some of the New Year's promises and resolutions to ourselves. You know, as soon as they hit the ground, I say, yeah, we'll get it next week. We'll do it then. I'm talking about setting goals and talking about having a clear vision by seeking the Lord and seeing what God has for our life. Amen. And that's what I want to talk about today. And there's all types of different situations. But I think the biggest reason that we don't hit our target, like I was talking about, is because we really set ourselves up for failure because we, we're blindfolded. And what I mean by that, we don't set things out. We don't know the vision. We're not, we're not putting the tools together. So one of the things, just like I said, even with the smallest, this is with the Bible track. And I, I won't go through the whole story, but there's some new folks in here. Somebody gave me one of these on Halloween night, 1995. Right time, right place. My heart was open for that. Changed my life. Do I still have bumps, bruises, and setbacks? Absolutely, everybody will. But I tell you what, I don't go through it alone because I know Jesus. Amen? How about you? And I think about those things, and I, and I want to give us the best tools to be overcomers. Well, the best tool is this. Jesus. Amen? It's always victory in Christ. But you know what? We continue to grow in that. Grow in those things. Just because you're born into the, the family, you don't know everything about your family. Amen? I want to know about my family. I want to know about Jesus. I want to know what God has done for me. I want to know what God has for me. So I want to be prepared in those things. And so I want to define a clear vision. And I want to, we got to have a plan to execute that thing. And so one of the things I've said many times in reading a lot of different books, and that's some, some goals just for me that I've set this year. I'm going to read a certain amount of books this year about the Lord and everything else. Number one book, I'm going to read God's Word. Nothing I do 
is, is going to override starting out with Christ. Amen. I believe there's a lot of other tools and a lot of other things that we can do. But my number one priority after seeking the Lord is to seek him first. Right. And then I want to study more. I want to study his word. I want to dig into the Bible studies. I want to know him better. I don't want to be smarter. I want to be more like Jesus. And if I'm more like Jesus, it's going to take care of everything. Amen. So I don't have to worry about, oh, I got to get this answer. I want to do this. So what I'm saying about study and please understand, I'm seeking the Lord. My desire is to, to grow into what Christ has and, and to help us to grow into what Christ has. Amen. So I want to be prepared for what's going on. And I've said this many times. A lot of times, some of the best ideas, some of the best songs were never sung. Some of the best buildings and creative things were never put into to, to the fullness because people take them to the grave with them. What are you talking about? Because we never execute that. There is something amazing in each person here. Something amazing. And I want God to use us to pull that gold out. I want God, I want you to be all that you can be for God. Amen. That's what we want with our children, right? That's what God wants for his children. So how do we do that? Not sitting on the sidelines. And I'm not talking about just getting busy to do something. Let's have a plan and seek the Lord and see what God's got for us. Amen. Individually, as a church family. And move on from there. So I want to be very, uh, I'm excited about that, but I want us to, to, to kind of really get that whole preparation thing in our mind because God has great things for us for the long haul. Now, we can do a lot of things for a short period of time, can't we? You'll meet somebody and you say, man, that guy or that girl is just wonderful. And then hang out with them for a while and a little bit longer. That's why you date. Amen. That's why you date, Dan. You know, and, and, and so we start seeing different things and start, you know, different things in our life. And so what I want to say is, you know, this whole thing is, is, is preparation and, and God training us and, and just teaching us the things that he has for us. So we want to be prepared for death. We want to be prepared to live and we'll be prepared to live. This has been an extremely busy week. Has anybody had a busy week this week? Man, funeral on Thursday, gas line on Friday. Got to work overtime next week. Funeral at 2 o'clock today. Please take that in prayer. Hospital visit in, in Williamsburg yesterday. And I'm looking at it. I said, man, I'm living this message. Because when I go to the funeral, I want to make sure when I did the one Thursday, did they know Jesus? And you know what he said? Yes, he was prepared. Oh, that's good news. Right. When I go and I go to a hospital visit. Same question. <laughs> Do you know Jesus? See, that's what I'm saying. A lot of times we think we got to have all this stuff figured out. But I'm going to tell you what, if we seek first the kingdom of God, God will take us from there and build into our life everything he has. And he will show us and he will guide us. Amen. So with that being said, I want to go ahead and jump into the message. I want to read this scripture. And what we're going to do is kind of dissect this thing and talk about our three points. That sound good if I say amen. amen. All right. Here we go. It says, this is Paul speaking. And he says, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Amen. Now I tell you, that's a mouthful. And we're going to unpack that and just show you how much God is teaching us through that. Is everybody ready? Let's do it. Well, the first thing I talked about was being prepared in our death, prepared to die. What do you mean by that? I take the verse and I kind of pull it out a little bit. It says, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live. How do we, how have we been crucified with Christ? 
I want to break that out. See, legally, when God looks at what had happened to Jesus, what Jesus has done for us and accomplished for us, he sees that all our sin has been taken care of. Amen. Our sin died. He, that's the remedy for sin. Jesus was the remedy for sin. Amen. He took all our sin, right? And so when we look at that, we are no longer under condemnation, but we have a choice. Amen. That big word. Sometimes we want a choice and then sometimes we don't want a choice. But I'm going to tell you, we're blessed to have a choice. We have a choice. To, to choose life or choose death. I'm going with life, amen? I'm choosing the, to put my faith and trust in the finished work of the cross. So when God looked back through time, he saw all of us in there and he offers this to us, this, this life, as we die to self and we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. He sees us when we call upon his name as if we were crucified with Christ and rose, amen? That's pretty amazing, isn't it? God was thinking about you from the very beginning. I remember one time when I was single, I used to come home and that, and that was the day really before cell phones and everything else. And then you graduated to that cool bag phone. You know, you, you go somewhere and say, I think I got a call. Wait a minute. You know, but before that, you go home and you see the little light flashing. And I've said this many times on, on your on your uh, answer machine. I go in there and I say, man, it's not flashing. And I said, I come home and talk to my dog. I said, nobody called, nobody cares. Nobody called, nobody cares. I used to say that all the time. I was speaking that right into my life. And I get more depressed and more depressed and more depressed and more depressed. Talk to a lot of telemarketers. <laughs> hey, what's up? <laughs> you know, what's going on? <laughs> Where do you live at? <laughs> you know? But that wasn't the case. God had a plan. And, and I bought that lie because that I wasn't getting calls that people didn't care. That's a lie, man. Because I tell you what, God cares. <laughs> Whether he's, he's blinking the light on your answering machine or not, God cares. And when I started spinning, what, what really did, what happened with me that time, when all those things got out of my way, I had a whole lot more time to talk to the one that did care. Because I did a lot of praying back then. Right? And I do even more now. And I feel like, you know what? Still more room for more. Amen? Because he's worthy. You know? I love that song, Empty Me, Empty Me. Still a lot of buddy in here. And that needs to just go on down the road. Not losing who you are, but being molded into who you can be through Christ. That's what I'm talking about. Well, let's take a look at this. So we talk about being crucified with Christ and that we no longer live. Okay, well, let's keep on unpacking that. I said, have you died to your selfishness? How many people are selfish? You want what you want when you want it the way you want it. Amen. We love Burger King, don't we? You can have it your way. Isn't it Burger King like that? I mean, we just, we want it right now. We want it. And then, you know what? I have said this so much in my life. Don't put it on my tombstone. I say this. I just don't understand. There's a lot I don't understand. I just don't understand. I don't understand why this happens. I don't understand what this one does. I don't, I don't even understand what I do, you know, sometimes. But you know what? I found out. I don't have to understand if I know the one who does understand it all. See, remember what I said about that, that, that vision and that focus? If I focus on 9,000 things, I'm probably not going to do good in 9,000 things. But if I can focus on the main thing, God will multiply things in my life and in your life so I can be the best at that. Do you hear that? I want you all to hear that. That's for somebody today. It's definitely for me. Amen. So have you died to your selfishness? That's not a one-time death. I don't believe, y'all. I think it's daily. I think it's momently sometimes. You know, do I choose God's way over my way? A lot of times I don't. But in my mind and in my heart, I know that his way is the best, but I like to drive. 
You know? So guess what? Empty me. Empty us, Lord, today. Now, I want to share something before I click this next one. This is, this is how the Lord really showed me this this week. And as I was praying and, and talking about different goals, because I, I want to grow. I, I, you, know, you know what makes people happy? Progress. We like to grow. We like to see things going on. We're just wired that way, all right? We're just wired that way. But the progress that I want to see in my life is not building things or, or having a fistful of money or any of those things like that. I want to see progress in my life of me becoming more like Christ. And sometimes I'm thinking, I must be in reverse. But you know what? We can start fresh, amen? Do you know what? God sees us. He sees me. He sees you as crucified with Christ, amen? And that's why I want you to see that. That's why that death that we're talking about is so important, that we die to self so we can live for him, amen? Let's keep on rolling. So this is what God told me when I was talking about I was reading stories about goal setting and different things. And, you know, and I, the Lord, you know, where do I even start? What, what do you have for us? What, what is going on? And this is what the Lord showed me. Goal. I said, where do I even start? He says, you know what? Are you seeking God on all levels? I said, that's huge. Am I seeking God in my finances, in my marriage, in the church, in my work? Am I seeking God in all levels? And it reminded me in Matthew 6, I believe it says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things should be added unto us. See, we want to say, I want to do this, and I want to achieve this, and I want to go here, and I want to do this. But God, so if I'm not in the center of it, what's the big deal? Has anybody ever accomplished some stuff, and you kind of did it in your own strength, and you're real proud of that and everything? It really doesn't matter when it was done. It, it, it doesn't hold, it just flickers that little bit for a minute. It's like, all right, how many people got any trophies at their house? How much dust are on your trophies? Yeah. Ours is taken apart and, and put, you know, wherever. Got swamped out in Isabel, but we're too proud to give them away. Right? You know, we ought to go feed that golden goat. You remember when you could turn around and turn the cans and that thing? I mean, I'm thinking, I look back at some of the stuff when I did karate, I thought... I can't give that away. And they go, why? I said, I almost got beat to death to get that. You know? I'll never forget this, man. You know, and, and, and I know this ties in here because my goal was different. I went to Longwood. My experience with Longwood is not good because it's a long way to ride home when you have been beaten about half to death. And I got there, and I had fought these guys before in the spar match. I said, oh, I got him. See, I got a little head of the game, didn't I? I said, I got him. I got him. So got the first fight. Boom. Got him. Three points I'm out. I'm like, oh, man, I'm going to take this thing. I'm, I'm, already, I'm already in the winner's circle. And I fought the next guy. Woo! Got him, man. I'm, woo, baby. And I saw this guy that I had beat before. I said, oh, man, money in the bank, baby. This, I got him. And that guy kicked me so hard. I mean, I could take taste shoe leather off his little kung fu slipper. I am not kidding, man. I, he, he set me up. He was like, this. see, when we're doing AAU stuff, you can, man, boom, full punch to the back. It's full point. I only need three. And he turned around and was like, oh, why don't you hit me right here? And I was like, yes. And I'm going slow motion. I'm coming in. Reverse punch. And that guy mule kicked me. Just good old, just a good old backyard stuff. And I went, oh. And, and, and the winner circle went, And my coach come over here. He said, are you all right? I said, no. <laughs> he said, can you continue? I go, no. He said, yeah, you can. I said, no. He said, get up. I said, 
What did I do? He said, stay away from me. He's killing you. <laughs> and he did just about. <laughs> I went from first place, baby, to fifth. And I just wanted to leave. I drove home like this. You know, usually driving like this, I was like, <sighs> had the defrost on to get more air. I said, I think he broke something. But you know what? He did break something. He took a little air out of his head. And you know what? When you're dealing with things, it's not bad to visualize what can be. But keep your eyes on the step that you're taking today. That's been a long time ago. I just had my 50th birthday. I was probably like 20-something. And I still get a pain in my pancreas when I think about that. I'm just like, ooh, got a little flutter there, boy. And the guy, he said, well, I got you this time. I thought, yes, you did. Yes, you did. And then I thought, I got to figure. Then you're trying to figure it all out. I'm thinking, how long has that guy been? To, you know, you get different belts. You get like a gold belt, orange belt, blue belt, all this stuff. And I'm sitting there thinking, I was thinking, now I moved up three belts, and this guy hasn't changed. I got a funny feeling he might have been a black belt. I don't know what it, it didn't really matter. But I'm trying, see, we tried to fix it in our head. Surely, surely that guy that was the same rank as me, or surely that guy that was a lower rank than me, couldn't have whipped me. What, what does that have to do with anything? Because I started looking at all the reasons to make me feel better. You lost. You were overconfident. He hits you hard, you know? Sometimes that's what it is. Life hits you hard sometimes. And yeah, I think it's good to analyze, man, maybe I don't want to do that again. But we don't have to stay there, amen? That's what I'm talking about. So we set the goals on every level. We want God on every level. What do we do? Keep on going. Oh, this thing's loaded today. I said, if we desire his best, we need his input, amen? If you want to know about God, don't keep your Bible shut. Keep it open, Amen? I've told a story many times. I used to tell him, he's a great guy. He uh, used to go over his house and do some drum lessons and stuff and everything else. And he had a Bible on there. And I would bring stuff all the time. And uh, so I was like, okay, well, Thomas has been doing drum lessons. And I was like, well, I'll just look at the Bible. And I went and grabbed the Bible. He said, oh, don't touch that. <laughs> what? What? Oh, that was a gift. <laughs> he wanted it just so. He didn't want me to bend the pages or anything. But my Bible, man, I got stuff all in there because I want to learn. I'm using that as a scalpel, man. I want to know what's happening. And I thought, and he didn't mean anything by it. He had a reverence for the word. But he had a reverence that was kind of twisted that I can't get to it. Well, God, it caused God everything to get it to you. So we had a little conversation like that. And I got to read it and everything was cool. But how many know, you guys, a lot of people got that family Bible, the one that takes both hands and flip it over like this. You know, look at that. It's all these and thousands and King James and everything else. Got a couple of flowers in there and a birth certificate and everything else, and nobody reads it. They really don't. A lot of times they don't. But then maybe, as time goes on, and you get a Bible passed down to you, then maybe your great-grandma had it, or your grandma had it, like Granny had one. And they said, what, what would you want? I said, I don't, I don't need anything. But I like that Bible. And I looked at her, I see what she underlined. And I saw what she had marked. I thought, wow, isn't that amazing? These are people that prayed for their children. These are people that prayed for their grandchildren. I know there's people that take grandmothers or grandfathers alike. They take that and they, they, I've seen them this happen. And they will write their grandchildren and their children's names by the promises of God and claim them and repeat them and say, I'm praying this over your life. You know why? Because they got a vision. They want to do that. They, they want to say, you know what? We think a lot of times we can't do anything for our children and stuff. A lot of times we think we just got to give them this and give them that. That's great. As long as we discipline them in love as we go. I believe that. 
But man, you want to do something for your kids, pray for your kids. Point them to Jesus. Love them where they are. Keep on pointing them. God on all levels. And you know what? We want his best. He's got to be in the equation. Amen. And he needs to be the first thing in the equation. And guess what? If that means rearranging everything else for him to be in there, he's worth it. Amen. Y'all believe that? I do too. Let's take a look at this. Actually, I had some other notes in here. I'm sorry I want to talk about that. When I went to that funeral on Thursday, I asked this at a lot of, a lot of funerals. I asked it here all the time. I ask it most everywhere I go. And I, I happen to know that this particular person had put their faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a whole lot easier to preach a funeral like that when you, than when you don't know. Why is that? Because when we know that somebody's put their faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, it is a celebration of life, even though we miss them. But we know that we will see them again. Do we know that we'd see you again? So I asked the question. I said, you know, I was talking about this particular fellow, and I said, I know that he had uh, made a profession of Christ, and Jesus Christ was his Lord and Savior. And then I wanted to make it real personal. And I do that a lot of times because it needs to be personal. I said, so if we were at your funeral today, if we were here, would your family have the assurance that they would see you again in heaven? That's the deal. See, I don't care, I don't care what color the casket is. I don't care how many people are there. It doesn't matter. Do you know Jesus? I was talking to my aunt. love my aunt. It's, it's, she's like the, one of the last connections with my dad's side. And I talk to her all the time. And I love my aunt. You know why? Because my aunt will not pull no punches. She's the only one I ever know said, I'm telling you, Jack. <laughs> I heard it since the 70s. And she said, boy, you're doing a lot of funerals, right? A guy at work said, man, what in the world is going on? I said, you know, I said, every day is a gift. We just don't know. And my aunt told me, she's like, she goes down a family tree. Now, I'm going to tell you what in my family tree, there's all types of stuff. There's alcohol, drugs, this, that, everything else. And guess what? Most of them, they come out the other side, right? Guess what they end up doing for a living? Preachers. Because God delivered them from that. And when you get saved from something like that, all you want to do is tell people about Jesus. They say, why are you so excited? I say, man, do you know what God did for me? Do you know what he rescued me from? You ain't got enough time. And the people I grew up with, they go, wow, God used you. I said, he'll use you too. Absolutely. This right here, my aunt told me a story so y'all can call her and, and get it straight. This is what she told me. I've never heard this story. She said, your great granddad, you know he loved people. I said, well, I love people too. And I heard a lot of stories. I've heard, you all heard me tell them, tell them about that. They used to tease about my granddad. And he had, he had moved that rock. You remember what I told you about? He moved that rock to the riverbank and diverted the flow of water so he would gain his yard because everything else was eroding in his yard. And everybody else was laughing at him. Oh, that old man, you know, what's going on? But at the end of the day, he had more land. He had a strong back. And he was blessed, amen. But he knew the Lord. And he would go from place to place. He would ride place to place and tell people about Jesus, right? Man. Talked to a guy yesterday. He said, you know, a lot of times you don't really see the impact you have on people's life till later on. Because we want to see it right now, man. We want to see, we want to see stretch marks on the inside of this building so many people are. Right? But a guy told me yesterday, he said, you know, you don't always see that. Now, I know that. But just when somebody speaks that into your life, you go, wow. And when I called my aunt and told her what's going on and everything, I said, you know, keep me lifted up. We've got a lot of stuff going. She said, I'm going to tell you, son. She says, sometimes you just don't see everything until... You know, the end. She said, when your great-granddad died, she said, you know that house that Aunt Ida has? I said, yeah, that's the only house I remember. I mean, it's small. She said, back then, you would bring the body home. Y'all remember, anybody remember that? You would bring the body home, and they would sit up with the body, and, and they would, they would uh, you know, pray and, and uh, you know, worship God. 
They said, when your great granddad died, had so many people in the house that the floor started to crack and they had to go cut timber and put it up so it wouldn't break through. A lot of times they say, he didn't die a rich man. I said, oh, yes, he did. Five days. She said, my mom, your grandma, cooked for five days. People coming through there. Isn't that something? Now, I'd love to have a legacy like that. Now, if only two people show up, that's all right, too, because you're going to do what you're going to do. But I'm going to tell you, see, he probably had no idea of the lives he was touching. You know? And probably one of the reasons it went so long because they had to travel so far. You know, you get on a horse, you're doing this and everything else. Now, I'm not elevating my great-granddad. I've never met him, but I will see him. I'm telling you, when you take time to invest in people, it will come back. And it will come back big. Amen. You might not see it here. You might not see it at your funeral. But I'm going to tell you what. I can't wait. When I do get to heaven, somebody's going to say, hey, you know what? Because you gave Grace and Junior that track in December or January, December, yeah. It made all the difference in somebody's life. Or, or maybe because Grayson took that in January and he gave it to somebody else. Can you, can you imagine worshiping God and somebody goes, just want to say thanks. I'm here because, you know what, of your giving. I'm here because, you know what, y'all put money in a, in, a, in a little teeny pig and somebody was able to bless us in a way that pointed my eyes to Christ. There's a method to the madness here. I want you to see with the chains of hope that we can make a change. That little is much in the hand of God. I want you to see, you know what? That I don't care what it is. Man, if you just put a couple of pennies in there, whatever it is, if, if we just give back, and I'm not always talking about money, okay? In this particular thing, I'm talking about that. I want us to see over a course of a year how God will use just our little bit of change in the hand of the master to impact lives for eternity, man. You tell me what type of interest rate that is. It beats Langley Federal Credit Union. I can that. Right? It gives you free shop and gives you eternal life. And we can be a part of that. It doesn't have to be giving coins. That's just one avenue. It could be giving your time. It could be praying for somebody. It could be giving a, a word in due season. But whatever it is, God wants us to live in that. Amen? So take a look at this. I thought about this as I was preparing for the funeral. And I thought about your dad. And I, I asked your dad one day, I said, Greg, I said, uh, I said, you know, as many times you heard me speak and everything else, I said, what was the number one thing, man? What is the number one thing that you remember out of anything we've done? This is a couple years ago. And he said, I'll tell you right now. He said, when you broke out that rope, I didn't bring it today. He said, when you broke out that rope and you talked about, and I had a rope, and you, you guys have seen it. There's a little piece of red tape on the end and a long rope. And that long rope really represents eternity. And the short part of the rope, where it's red, represents our life. I should have brought the rope, but I didn't know I was going to get there. I was just thinking about your dad when I said that. He said, when you shared that message, he said, I couldn't get off my mind. He said, I thought about it all the time. See, what that, that message was, was like this. There was a little bit of, of, of red tape. I said, this right here represents your life. If you live 80 years, 100 years, or whatever. And I said, so many people work so hard just to get right there. Then I'm going to live it up here. Or I'm going to do this. Or I'm going to do what I want. And then later on here, I'll come to Christ. All these things. And check this out. This is what came to me. You're going to be dead a whole lot longer than you're going to be alive. Amen? So have you prepared for that? 
Think about that. If you live 100 years, you're going to be dead longer than that. <laughs> we never really think about that. So we think about, oh, I'm just going to live this life. I'm going to live this life. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do what I want. I want to do this and everything. And we never think about the long haul. Friends, think about the long haul. And that's really my message. Please, if you think about it, pray for us today around 2 o'clock. Because I'm going to be sharing that message. And there's going to be opportunity there for people to hear the saving message of Jesus Christ. There's going to be opportunity there for forgiveness to reign. There's going to be opportunity there for life to be transformed. There's going to be opportunity for God to move in a mighty way. Because you know what? We're just passing through here. Heaven's our home if we know Jesus Christ. And I want to make sure everybody that we can touch for the Lord knows that. Amen? Let's talk about living a little bit. Let's talk about living. All right, everybody doing good? Yep. All right. Well, we'll take the rest of that verse and we'll break it out a little bit. It says this. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God. I've come to the conclusion in my life, and maybe you have too, I can't really live free until I surrender to the will of God. Amen? If I want God's best. See, Paul had come to the point in his life, he knew this. He, his desire, he came to this point in his life, that the desire for Christ, for Christ to dwell in him and live and reign through him was more important than what his agenda was. See, when we come to that point and realize that God's got, got the best for us, we need to make adjustments in our life. But you know what? It takes submission and it takes the power of the Holy Spirit. And also, again, here's that word. God gives us a choice. We have a choice, man. You can live for God or not. But when we do, when we allow God to reign through us, it's amazing what you get to see. And it's not only what we get to see now, it's going to be amazing when we come into the presence of God. So I, I just pray that, you know, as we walk this thing out, that you know what? That the life that we live now, I live by faith in the Son of God. Let's keep on going. Have you made that choice? When I went to the hospital yesterday to see a friend of mine, that's what I wanted to know. I've known this man a long time. Love this guy. Had a lot of nurturing in my bringing up and everything else. And when they called me, they said, you need to go see this guy. I didn't even go by the house. I said, where's he at? I'm going. And I really thought, and this is a good thing. I really thought, usually when you get a call as a, a pastor or even a family member, or something, you go there, you're thinking, you're thinking the worst, man. Trying to be prepared. And I'm just praying, Lord, I pray that his, his mind is, is, is strong, that, you know, that, that I could talk to him and everything else. And I went in there. And this is one of the funniest guys I know. And he was asleep. I said, hey, what are you doing here? I said, to come and check on you. I heard you was having a party. He said, well, I got cheese nips. I got Mountain Dew. He said, join in. <laughs> and I thought, I'm thinking, I thought you was half dead. What's going on here? You know what I mean? I had a great visit. And I talked to my old Uncle Junior. I call him Uncle Junior. He's not my uncle, but he is my uncle Lamar. Him and Aunt Doris. Man, they put up with me a lot when I was coming up. I said, Uncle June. Yeah. I said, uh, I said, you know what? You look pretty good to me. He said, well, I'm glad to hear it because the doctor told me I'd have been dead a day ago if I listened to them. <laughs> he said, the report they gave me, I don't like it. I said, well, why are you here? He said, I had a heart attack. I think he said again. And he beat cancer and everything else. And he's telling stories and cutting jokes and everything else. And uh, watching the, and watching the uh, basketball game all at once. Yeah, right here. And I said, man, he looks pretty good to me, you know. But I'll tell you what, I'm not going to miss this opportunity to make sure. 
I said, Uncle Junior. Yeah. He got right over the glass. Yeah. I said, Mel, you look good to me. I said, but you know what? All of us are going to leave this place. I said, which way are you going when you head out? Straight up, baby. I said, are you now? See, a lot of people say that. I said, but why are you going? Because I know Jesus. Woo! I like, he pulled the glasses down there. He wanted to let me know. I'm all right, because I know. He said, I called on the name of the Lord, son. He said, I ain't always done right. I said, I don't need to know about that. And he commenced to tell me anyway. I was like, man, I need to pray. Right? <laughs> what, a, what an awesome guy. And you know what? He has seen some bumps and bruises in his life. But you know what? Still has a smile on his face. He got a bad report from the doctor. Still had a smile on his face. Right? You know, because he has the hope and the assurance of Jesus Christ. That's what it's all about. You're just passing through here. I said, how old are you? I think I was 75. I think he said 75. I said, that's good. I said, uh, man. I said, you remember when we used to do this? Used to do that? Used to do this? He said, I thought, he said, I thought y'all was going to kill me coming up. We would do all types of stuff. Uncle Junior loved cookouts, so I love cookouts. He would have the, he would go and they would fix all types of fish and everything. I mean, anything that was that was had grease or gravy, they cooked it. It's not my fault. I still love it. See what happened? I mean, all the time. And see, I would get to come over because I could play guitar. Hey, get on over there. I get on that swing. Play something for your aunt's do aunt Doris. She like, get with it. Hey, you want another crab cake? You want another? I'd come out and do it like this. The guitar was sitting like this. You know, I remember those things. It's amazing as a young guy. And, and usually, you know, when you're 14, 15, 16, 17, you're not hanging out with folks that what you think are old. Because he was probably like, what, 45? <laughs> you know, I think, wow, But I love going around their house. I love doing stuff. Because you know what? They knew how to live. They knew how to live. Their number one thing is this. They love people, man. They invest in people. They lost their son when he was 39 years old. The only boy they ever had. 39 years old. But you know what? They invested in other people. And loved on other people. And my best friends, one of my best friends, sister, she's right there. Handling everything. Renee, I said, well, you got a good one. She said, he said, I love that youngin. I said, well, you know. He said, I put a lot of time in that youngin. I said, well, it's paying off pretty good for you now. He said, yeah, she'll get it right. <laughs> she'll get it right. He said, if I push that button and they're not here, she'll go get them. I said, isn't that something? What does that have to do with anything? You know what? When we take time and invest in people, it always comes back. Amen? Let's keep on rolling. So we have a choice. Choose Jesus. I live by faith in the Son of God. I'm going to pick up the speed a little bit here. I said, we really only, we, I said, we are only really alive when we're alive in Christ. I said, yeah, you're alive and you're breathing, but the life that God has brought us, brought us for isn't truly experienced until we live in him. Amen. I'm going to go back to something real fast. And I know the time's going on. And uh, I bet you they're even, you're probably running slow at the buffet, so y'all will be all right. I told you I did, a, I did a funeral on Thursday. And I went there, and it was one of these things I, I didn't have a lot of preparation to do, and I like being prepared. I like being prepared. And uh, so, I'm, 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 man, I'm doing stuff. I'm asking questions. I'm calling people and everything. And I got to the church where we were at. This lady was so nice. She was just really nice. I know her gift was hospitality. Do you need anything? I said, uh, no, I'm okay. 
Would you like some water? Yeah, I'd like some water. She said, what exactly you got going on? I said, well, is there any way we can, you don't know when he's coming back? Do you know? I got a dog right now that's probably going crazy. <laughs> Lord be with Sasha and our window blinds. Oh my gosh. But anyway, uh, everybody knows my dog knows he doesn't like that. But this lady was very nice to me. And, and uh, I never met her before as far as I know. And she was catering to the family and everything else and doing all this stuff. She was so excited that her schedule freed up so that she could serve. Right? And so I finished the, the message and everything. And uh, some people gave their life to the Lord. We praise God for that. And I'm going back and I'm talking to some people. And, and I started to walk over. And she said, hey, buddy. I go, yeah. She says, you got a minute? I go, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she said, can I ask you a question? I said, okay. Bible trivia mode. Okay. What is she going to ask me? And she asked me this. She said, and she, you know, some of those people just look right through you. She said, can I ask you a question? I said, sure. She says, what is your what if? Now, my brain thought, what are you talking about? But my heart knew exactly what she was talking about. What if you weren't worried about this? What if time restraint? But what if, what if you gave it all to God? And I sat there and I said, well, I'd probably live the life. I'd be able to live the life that God bought for me. And she just went like that. In other words, you know what? Take all those ifs out and let God be God in your life. I just want to encourage you with that. Right? Because she saw me. I was grabbing the paper and I was going here and I was going over my stuff and I was thinking, man, where are they at? And they're asking to wire me up with this thing on and I, I hadn't preached there before and I'm looking for stuff and, and all the stuff was, was going around. And, and I go, okay, let me just settle down here for a minute. Right? And she says, what if? What is your what if? And, and that just rung around in my mind, rung around my mind. And I asked that same question to you. What if we didn't worry about everything and trust God? What if, you know what, we put God first? What if we invited a couple people to church each week? You can take that what if any way you want. What if you told your wife you love her more? What if you told your husband? What if we forgive somebody? What if we forgive ourselves? What's your what if? I never knew that two words would ring around in my heart so much this week. So I pass them on to you. What if? What if we set God on the throne where he belongs? He's there. We just need to align our heart with that. Amen? So, let me ask you that. Are you prepared to live? We talked about dying to self. Are we prepared to live? And I'll tell you one other thing. She said, I want to pray for you. I said, sure. And she grabbed my hands and I closed my eyes and she began to pray for me. And I don't know if you, sometimes people pray for you, man, about knock you off your feet. And this woman began to pray over my life. And I hadn't, I hadn't said anything. I don't think I've ever seen her before. She heard me preach the message. And she said, can I ask you a question? And can I pray for you? And she began to pray for me and she prayed for you guys. She prayed for our church, and she prayed for our families, and she prayed for reconciliation. She prayed for strength in her life, and everything else. And right when she got finished praying, she jerked my hands, and I opened my eyes. She said, the Lord told me that you need to rest. I thought, well, that probably wasn't real hard to get down, because I had bags under my eyes. I only slept two, two hours that night and everything else. And I thought about that. I said, I received that. And I don't know, I think it's good for our bodies to get rest. 
But when somebody speaks a word into your life and, and, and God magnifies it in there, I really felt like he said this, the what if. Rest in what I've done for you. I will take you where you need to go. I will get you there on time. Don't worry about all the stuff. And I do pretty good with that until I get about right here. And I think she's like, let me just encourage this guy. Because usually, because this is what's happening when I come out here. Somebody's talking about this and you're talking about this and somebody's talking about this and you're talking about this and you're doing this and you get to the door and you're going, whew. And she called me at the door. She said, can I talk to you? I'm going to pass on that word to you because I believe it's for everybody. Let's rest in him. We did a message on it not too long ago. Sometimes we need to go back and look over to the things. Let's rest in what God's done. Don't need to be worried, amen? It's hard to live an abundant life in Christ when we're not resting, when we're not receiving his grace, when we're not receiving his peace, when we're not receiving his strength. So you know what? When we are doing that, guess what? We're more effective because I can't pour out what I haven't poured in, amen? So when I'm rested and I'm, 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 I'm in the strength of the Lord and the same with you, guess what? I'm able to do what? I'm able to give back. Let's talk about that. Bring it right on down the line. Prepared to give. Now we talked about being prepared to die, prepared to give, live, and now prepared to give. Now the first thing people say, oh, he's talking about money. That ain't what I'm talking about. Let's see what God's talking about. He says this. The last part of that verse, it says, who loved me and gave himself for me. I want that to really sink in for a minute on a whole different level. I want to break this down. Christ loved you so much that he gave himself for you. That must mean you got some value, don't you? Amen. We got some great value. God sees value in you. And see, the problem is we only think God sees value in us when we're doing good or when we haven't missed the mark. That's not the case. I'm going to tell you what God's going to store us here today, man. I'm speaking to me as well. Preacher, running through my life too. I'm going to tell you this. God loves us because he loves us and he loves us unconditionally. That's what me and Uncle Junior was talking about yesterday. We talked about the love of God. And we talked about all his past. And I told him a few things about my past. He said, I already knew that. I said, well, that's the best I got for right now. But he says, you know what? He said, isn't God wonderful? I said, he's wonderful. Isn't he? Who would have thought? Somebody would love us that much. Isn't that something? See, when you're, they got, now I'm not saying this, this is what the doctor said, they got the man on the deathbed. I'm saying, you know what? He said, God's still in the miracle business, pray. I said, we can do that. We're going to trust God for the best. And he's like, and, and you know what? I'm good. Because I'm going up. He knows. He's got peace. He's got the strength. He's good to go. But you know what? He feels like there's still more he can do here. I believe there's more that we can do here, amen? I believe God wants us to live, and I, want, I believe God wants us to give, right? Wants us to give back, right? Now look at this. I said, are you prepared to give? I said, he gave his life for your sins and my sin. So we're guiltless because of Christ. We usually, see, guilt's the number one thing, man, to keep you, your Bible closed, keep you out of that front door. Anything else? We go, home. I can't do that. I can't, oh, I can't do that. Well, you know what? That's the time you need to be here. That's the time I need to open the word. That's the time I need to be praying. That's the time I need to say, hey, man, you know, uh, hey, let's pray about this. Somebody doesn't need to know your dirty laundry just to love on you and pray for you. Amen. I don't need to know all that stuff. You just say, hey, man, I'm going through a tough spot. So, you know what? Let's pray right now in the mighty name of Jesus 
that God is going to restore your relationship, that God's going to pour into your life, that, that we're going to see the forgiveness, that we're going to see what God has for us because of the great sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Amen. Let me tell you what happens then. What happens? You start pulling the bricks off that person's life. Even when I spoke it just then, my heart began to just well up in me because I don't know about you guys. I missed the mark. I missed the mark way more than I, than I would care to say. But you know what? God never missed the mark. And God's called us to a relationship, and we are sealed with his spirit, and we're going to walk in that. Amen? I'm not saying live any way you want. I'm saying when we miss the mark, get back up and say, Lord, help me. I need you. Let's rely on him. Amen? So what else did he do? He gives us peace. Man, not, not the, the peace of the world, the peace of God. Amen? What else? He gave us life. How will we use that to touch somebody else? I said, are you prepared to give back to others? And I thought about that. I said, you know, God did not save us to sit on the sidelines. Amen? You know? And God didn't just save you. He said, Lord, come into my life. Forgive me my sin. He goes, whoop, okay, heading up. He's left us here for a reason because we've got a great privilege and we've got a mission. Amen? And I'll give you one for, for personally that God spoke to my heart. January 23rd. At 1.20 at night when he woke me up and I wrote down five pages of notes with my wife. He said, show them, teach them, tell them. And I've been trying to do my best ever since. But you know what? My best is not good enough. But his best is more than enough. And that's why I'm going to rely on God. That's why when I get up here, I go, Lord, this is your deal. You know, this is your deal. When I go to that funeral today... Lord, this is your deal. Lord, you know what? How will you use my life in this moment and this time to affect their life for eternity? Come on now. I'm going to get out of the way. I want us to do it. Go, 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 go. Because I want to give back. You know? I see people all the time. My baby boy. When I uh, went, went traveling for his job. And I called him. How's it going? He said, man, I'm seeing a lot of cool stuff. But he says, I wish somebody was here to share it with me. And I know he was thinking about me. <laughs> right? And then, and then he said, yeah, I want, after we get married, I want me and Alexa to come back here and check this out. I go, oh. <laughs> but for a moment, I thought, man, you know what? If I had the time, man, I'd come out there with you and we'd hang out. You know what? I will say this to young folks, middle-aged folks, mature folks, whatever. There's something that God Putting my heart a long time ago, and I'm so thankful. I got to spend a lot of time with my dad, and I love that. And I thought it was for him, but today I know it was for me. I used to take off once a month. I said, Dad, whatever you want to do. You know what he want to do? Whatever I want to do. We go look at tools and everything, and he has all of them. You know, we go for a ride, and he tell me how to drive. All those things. We go get something, and he says, I'm not hungry. But we got to hang out. Amen? I'm so thankful for that. Right? Now, some folks are here and say, well, you know, my, my parents are gone and we didn't have the relationship and everything else. Let me help you with that. Hang out with God. Hang out with your Heavenly Father. You'll never come up short on that, amen? You'll never come up short with that. And when God starts filling your life, you're not going to have any choice because you want to tell somebody. I'm telling you, I got a big mouth and I ain't afraid to use it. But I finally got a message worth telling. There's years I tell anything, anybody, blah, 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 right? But you know what? It didn't bring forth any eternal dividends. I want to see that. I see people looking at their portfolios and looking at this, and I think we should be good stewards of our, our money and everything else. I'm going to tell you what. I think back what they said. 
My great-granddad didn't have a whole lot of money. But he had a whole lot of people that he told Jesus about. To me, he died a richer man than anybody in the Fortune 500. Amen? If that's all they're looking at. Okay? That's just a tool. Money's a tool. And it's great to have. All right? I'm not speaking against that. But I want to tell you what. When I'm talking about giving today, I'm talking about giving you all for Christ. I'm talking about giving back what God's put in you. What does he put in you? He put life in you. He put forgiveness in you. He put grace in you. He put mercy in you. That's what I want to share. That's it. That's what I want to tell people. So be prepared to give. Because you know what? All that comes out of a great heart condition. So are we prepared? Are you prepared to die to self? Man, easier said than done, isn't it? I said, are we prepared to live in Christ? That's a blessing. I said, are we prepared to give to others? Let's go back through that scripture again. He says, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Prepare to make a difference. Are we prepared to make a difference? He said, man, buddy, how do, we, how do we make a difference? How do we make a difference? I'm going to go back to what God whispered in my ear early this week. God on every level. God on every level. Aren't you glad that God breaks it down? I am because I'm a very simple guy. God on every level. Next time you think about gold, I want you to think about God on, on all levels. I said every, God on all levels. I'm sorry. Sometimes I have a little kickback from my grammar class there. But you know what? Even God can take care of that one. God on all levels. What does that look like? It looks like Jesus. It looks like forgiveness. It looks like grace. It looks like mercy. It looks like saving power of God. Amen. It looks like God is in control. Amen. How many know God's in control? How many know we got a choice, right? We've got a choice. So today, I'm going to bring you to a place to make the greatest choice of your life. You say, buddy, you tell us this every week, and I will tell you this every week, as long as the Lord allows me to do this. I'll tell you any time, and I pray that you ask the same question, not only to yourself, but to your family, to your friends, to the people at school, to the people at work. If you die tonight, do you know for sure you go to heaven? I'm going to pull it back into real time, just like, like I talked about it. If today was a day that they were laying your body to rest, would your family, your friends, your kids, your loved ones know that you'd spend eternity with Christ. That's pretty important, isn't it? I'll tell you something that's even more important. Do you know? That's where it really starts. Do you know? Because if you know, you're going to tell somebody. And they get the same privilege that you and I have. Amen. To have their sins forgiven. To have their name written in the Lamb's Book of Life. So today, I'm asking you, have you made the biggest choice in your life? Have you received Jesus Christ? When we're growing up, we think, man, big choice. What school am I going to go to? That's a big choice. Yeah. What school are you going to go to? What, what, uh, I don't know. Who are you going to marry? All those things. Those are big choices. Where will I live? Where will I work? What, what should I do? What, all these things. But I'm going to tell you the number one thing you need to check. And the number one thing I want you to know before you leave here today, have you chosen to receive the greatest gift ever given, eternal life through Jesus Christ? Let us pray. Father God, I thank you for today. I thank you for each one here. 
And Lord, I, I pray that through the message today that you've prepared hearts that are here for them to make the best choice they could ever make, and that's you, Jesus. If you're here today and you've never made that choice, I want you to just look up, look up there because I want to help you have all the information, amen? Have you ever made that choice? Have you ever put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ? If I went to your hospital bed and I said, hey, are you going up or are you going down? Do you know that you'll, you'll spend eternity with Christ? Because uh, let me go ahead and just give you all the pieces of the puzzle. Because if we reject Christ, that means there's only one other place for us and we spend eternity in a place called hell. I'm not sugarcoating it. I'm not trying to scare you. I'm trying to inform you to make the best decision you ever made. So today, friends, how about it? Have you made the choice for Christ? But I don't even know how to make that. Well, let me help you. I'm going to point you right to God's word. He says, if we confess with our mouth, right, the Lord Jesus, believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Is that you today? If that's you today, pray this prayer with me. Dear Lord, come into my life. Forgive me today, Lord, my sin. I believe you're the son of God, and you paid my sin debt in full. Today, Lord, I'm trusting you totally for saving me and holding on to my life. Lord, I want to live for you. Help me, Lord. Forgive me. In Jesus' name, if that's you today, don't leave here without telling somebody. If you're here today and say, man, it's been a long weekend. It's been a long month and everything else. I'm going to tell you what. God's in the restoration business. Amen. God's still in the miracle business. God's doing miraculous things in his people, through his people, for his people. Amen. We are living at an amazing time right now. We're seeing some amazing things. And you get to be a part of them. I ask you to just open your eyes for a minute. It just came to me. Jess and I love James Bond movies. And we watched one last night. He said, Dad, this movie was made the year you were born. 50 years ago, man. Right? And the things that they were doing back then were like cutting edge, man. James, take this camera. You can take eight full-figure pictures underwater. I can do that with my cell phone now. You know? But then it was like, Wow! Really? You know, all this stuff? And I started thinking about the message when we were watching that. See, because it's always on my mind. It's always on my mind. Lord, what you doing? Lord, what are you teaching me? Or what are you showing me? And he showed me through James Bond that the things people could even dream of that seemed so far away and so far out can become a reality in Christ, amen? And that's just piddly stuff. Cameras, cars. Think about it. Who buys a camera now? You got it on your phone, right? You see how things change and we move forward and everything else? I want to give you some really good information. God never changes. Amen. Let us pray. Father God, I thank you for today. I thank you for the message, Lord. I thank you for each one here. And Lord, as we begin to just uh, start our week, we thank you, Father. I thank you for all you do. I thank you for each one here. I thank you for those that, that are pondering that greatest choice they'll ever make. I pray that they make it today. I pray they don't rest today until they call upon the name of Jesus. I pray that people that will hear this later on over the internet, all over the world, whether they hear it today, next week, or whatever, it is a timeless message of life of Jesus Christ, Lord. Prick their hearts, draw them close to you so that they make that decision and respond.
to your gift of eternal life through your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap and let's praise the Lord. Woo! Man. Oh, how many people got big plans this week?